When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Thursday after Sheffield United nil, Liverpool 2 in the Premier League at Bramall Lane. Goals from Virgil van Dijk and Dominic Sabozlai giving the Reds the three points they went looking for and setting them up to take top spot in the table after this coming weekend. If Liverpool beat Crystal Palace, then Arsenal will require a win away to third place Aston Villa, who beat Manchester City last night and have won all seven of their home games in order to go back above us. So we're in a really good situation at the moment. You compare us to the rest of the league. We have the second most wins, the joint least defeats, the second most goals and the joint best defense to go with the best goal difference. Crystal Palace lost at home to Bournemouth last night and by all accounts looked dreadful. So that should be a game we can go there and win. And if we win that, then that sets us up nicely for the players to rest. We play Union in midweek in a Europa League game in which none of our top players need to play in. We've already qualified. We've already confirmed that we'll top the group. And then we get United. We beat them at home. And then Arsenal have to come to Anfield below us in the league. Win that. And then all bets are off. All bets are off going into the second half of the season. If we can get through beating Palace, United and Arsenal, we play Burnley on Boxing Day at Burnley. We'll expect to go there and win. And then we play the tune on New Year's Day. And I see no reason we can't win each and every one of those games. Even if we were to draw one of them, I still believe we'll end the year 
well, the Newcastle game is the first day of next year, but I, I believe we'll end this run through the first 20 games of the season, top of the league. And City will have a game in hand, but they're already four points behind us because they've had this poor run of late, three draws and a defeat. We get to January, we get that little bit of a break, the FA Cup weekend, we play Arsenal. I'm not all that pushed about the FA Cup this year. Europa League, EFL Cup and the Premier League, they're the the, the three. that because The Europa League and the EFL Cup, because of the strong situations we're in now, that West Ham game does take place between the... United and Arsenal games, but it's at home. So that's a that's a big help as well. If we get to the semi-final of that competition, you're going to fancy us to win it. At the moment, you'd make us strong favourites to win the Champions League. And if we can get to January, top of the league, and have the opportunity to go out and buy in January, and we need to buy in January, we cannot sit in our hands this year. We didn't last year. We go out and got Cody. The year before we went and got Diaz. And everybody remembers what a big boost Diaz gave us. Now, the issue is that the the ideal holding midfielder for us is probably not available in January. And a holding midfielder is not the only thing we need. We know we need a left-footed defender. Ideally, someone who's, you know, more centre-back than left-back. Giancarlo Inacio... Piero Hincapié, Arta Tiete, those type of players. Now, Tiete is the one that might be available because Sporting are going really well. He's got a buyout, Inacio does, but it's like £60 million. They're going really well in the Portuguese league. Hincapié, Leverkusen are playing so well, they won't want to lose anybody in January. But Ren have been really poor this season, so Tiete might be available, and he'd make sense for us. But the problem is we also now need to buy a right-footed centre-back because we got the news yesterday that Joel Matip has torn his ACL and is out for the season. And it could well mean that that's the last time that that we'll never see Joel play for Liverpool again, that Fulham was his last game. So we have to replace him. I know Gerald Quance has been good this season, but we still have to replace him because Quance was already playing quite a bit. We can't afford to lose Matip and not replace him. Gomez is needed as a fullback. Ibu has injury issues. Gomez has injury issues. We need to bring in a centre-back. So ideally, if we were to buy two in January, and we can now buy two non-homegrown players because we will not register Joel Matip for the second half of the season. We can buy two non-homegrown players. And if we're going to buy two, they probably should be defenders. Now, I know we get Robbo back and that will help. But he's still ill-suited to this shape, this system and this style. And he hasn't been particularly good for the last couple of years, since like the midway point of the 22-23 season. No, the 21-22 season, excuse me. Robbo hasn't been particularly good. He's had some good games. But overall, he hasn't been great. So you're looking at two defenders needed. And like I say, the ideal holding midfielder, probably not available. Now, you could get a Matt Sweefer from 
Feyenoord, who's excellent, but he's not as ready-made as the person I think is the perfect fit, which is Bubakar Kamara of Aston Villa. Now, look, you could you could try and blow the doors off Villa with a, an enormous offer. I still think they might hold on to him and Douglas Louise through to the end of the season, because why wouldn't they? They're third in the league. They've just beaten City. I think they I think they'll beat Arsenal or at least get a draw at the weekend. They're re- Villa are really good. So they'll want to hold on to him. Now there's rumors that he has a buyout clause in his contract for the summer. That was part of what convinced him to join Villa. Because he turned down Atletico Madrid and the option to stay at Marseille, both of whom were in the Champions League, to go to Villa, who were a mid-table team at the time. They've obviously become much more than that with a different manager than the one he signed for. You'd wonder if Gerrard was a big influence because he's Steven Gerrard. And maybe that's evidence that Kamara has some sort of affinity for Gerrard and thus Liverpool. We've talked about him on the transfer committee pod for years. Initially as sort of a utility player when Fabinho was still going really strong, he could be a cover for Fabinho. He can cover all across the back line. Now he's very much starting calibre improves the team enormously. After Rodri, he's the best defensive midfielder in the league. And last night against City, he was absolutely magnificent, as he has been for much of this season. That partnership him and Luis have is probably the best partnership in the league this year. The only one you'd put up with it is probably Yves Basuma and Papa Matar Sark. Other than that, you'd kind of be struggling to find a really good midfield duo in the league that have performed at such a high level this season. So is it worth trying to shore up the defence in January and patch the midfield together? Endo played well last night. If he can give us those type of performances, even against the bottom half teams, and obviously had a a very good uh, appearance against Fulham off the bench. If he can give us that... And we can use Alexis there and we can use Curtis there. I don't think we win the league, but I think we can push it very, very close. But I think we can win the Europa League and I think we can win the uh, the EFL Cup. I still expect City to win the league. Like, they've lost four games this season in all competitions and Rodri missed all four. He'll be back. KDB will be back. It would be no surprise if they went and bought in January. I think it's very, very likely that City will buy in January. But we need to buy as well. But I just don't see us bringing in three. Now, the other thing is, if we go and buy a holding midfielder, they're not going to be as good as Kamara. And then if he's available in the summer, I think we'll feel like we've not made a mistake because I think we'll get a good player, but we haven't maximized the opportunity to get a great player. And I think he can be a great player for us. I think he completes that midfield. We should have kicked the tires on that in the summer. We really should have. If we'd offered 
70 million in the summer, I don't think they would have turned it down. I really don't. I think they would have taken it. When when the Caicedo deal failed, that's what we should have done. We should have gone and, and signed Kamara or Dakure. Dakure is really good as well, but obviously he's now bust his Achilles, so he's unlikely to be the same player again anytime soon anyway. No, not in time for us to make use of him. Um, but look, last night was really good. We didn't play well. We still controlled the game. We still got the win. We took the three points home. And we left Chris Wilder with a little sad face, which is always nice. You look at the numbers, 15 shots to their six, but eight on target to their one. Now, we didn't produce a whole lot of great chances, but we got a goal. Dominic scores. We got two goals, rather, and Darwin um, should have scored as well. So we should have scored three. We really should have got three. Salah did... Not it wasn't a big chance. He had a great effort and foddering him made a good save. That could have been four. And if it's four or even three with the Darwin one, I, I think we all just think, oh, it was nice and easy. But because it was 1-0 for a long time, there's a feeling that we didn't have control of the game. But we did. Like, they didn't trouble Kelleher. He made one save. And it was from a, a tamely hit shot from McAtee in the first half. Ibu won 14 of 14 aerials and I thought was was really good. I've seen some criticism of him. He had one sloppy moment where he let the ball run under his foot and ended up getting booked. Other than that, thought he was really good. Virgil was outstanding. Trent played well. Gomez was poor. Endo was very good. Kelleher was calm, composed. His kicking was good. He swept well. Dealt well with crosses. Alexis had a quiet game, but he did a lot of work off the ball, even after getting injured. Dominic had a an up and down game. He had some good moments, some bad moments, and then he got a goal. Mo was poor. Cody was very poor. Diaz was poor. Darwin came on and was the whole Darwin Nunes experience. Curtis came on and I thought he did well. Harvey came on. I thought he was busy. Gravenberg came on and the only notable thing he did was lose an aerial duel to John Fleck, who's eight inches shorter than him, which is quite an achievement. But we move forward. We go to Palace at the weekend. We'll see some more rotation. The form that we're in, you'd expect us to go there and win, even if we don't play well. We've only lost one game all season, and we didn't really lose that game. I know the result says we lost. The table says we lost. But our players know they didn't lose. They know they were robbed. And there's there's something about having a long, unbeaten run, even in your own head, where it gives you confidence that you're getting better and better and better. Now, we look at Palace... They've lost three of their last four. And you look at who they've lost two. Everton, at home, dreadful team. Luton away, dreadful team. They got a good draw away to West Ham, and then they lost last night to Bournemouth. Now, Bournemouth are 
much improved. But you'd still put them closer to dreadful than anything else. Palace are kind of flailing a little bit at the moment. They're 14th, but they're now level on points with Bournemouth. They've taken one point from the last 12 available, whereas Bournemouth have taken 10 from the last 12 available, which is a great turnaround for them. And the Iraola shape and system is <clears throat> is starting to work. And they're now only two points behind Wolves, so the you know they were wrong to sack Gary O'Neill stuff can stop now. But we can go to Palace and we can beat them even with the couple of injuries and even if we're not at our very best, we can go there and win. We know it's always a tough game, but we do have a good record there. We have hammered them in recent years. So if we can go there and beat them, we'll be top of the league. Top of the league after 16 games. That's not nothing. Doesn't mean you're going to win the league, but it's not nothing. Especially this early in a rebuilding process. So right now, I'm, I'm really happy and really confident with this team. So that's, that's good. Uh, you can check out what's on This Is Anfield. It's mostly uh, post-match stuff from last night. So have a look at all of that. Uh, if we take a look at liverpool.com, there's a piece about Joel Matip, a piece about Virgil, a piece about Dominic. A piece about Pep Guardiola, how it's all falling apart, which is a little bit strong. Liverpool's next five fixtures compared to Arsenal and Man City after win over Sheffield United. Um, Jeff Felix talking about things he shouldn't talk about. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. So check out liverpool.com. And finally, do check out anfieldindex.com, where from an article point of view, we have a piece about Darwin a piece about Gerald Kwanzaa, a piece about Jürgen snapping at the TNT reporter last night, a piece about Joel and a piece about Kefren Turam. Podcast-wise, there is a post-match role. Uh, it's, we, had some, we had some gremlins last night with that one, but it's, it's there, it's decent, give it a listen. Uh, there's also the scouted for last night's game, if you want to have a listen to that. There is uh, I Feel Fine, Songs of Anfield Part 2. Check that one out. And there's another scout being recorded today, which will be for the Crystal Palace game. Uh, I'll just check and see if there's anything else coming up in the coming days. Uh, Mulby on the Spot will be out tonight. And tomorrow you'll have the press conference pod There's also a transfer show to come out at some point as well. So there you go. There'll be no Daily Red tomorrow unless something big happens and Guy will jump on and do it. But uh, there will be that press conference pod with Dave Davis. So, folks, have a great weekend. and I'll speak to you all on Monday. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now 
at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.